it's always there, whether you want it or not, whether you can try and get your head out of the game of it or not. It's, it's just impossible to shake off. It's, I think when you wake up, there's a few blissful moments of the day just being the day, and then the thoughts creep in. It felt like for a few days, or maybe longer, there would just be moments in the day where I would be thinking about it and it would feel like someone had just like grabbed everything from inside me and like squished it all up and yanked it out. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I think there's also like a a numbness as well. There was definitely a like numbness of just like walking around like I don't give a shit about anything else. And it's just the worst feeling. It's like your heart, your lungs. Sometimes you find it hard to breathe. I found that my breath was really shallow. And then if I closed my eyes, I would feel it, this, this pain in my abdomen that would rise up through my midline and it would get to my chest. And in my chest it would spread and then I would cry. Every time. Hey, have a cry. I'm serious. You need to have a cry about some things. I think the sadness is a very private thing for me and I only allow it when I'm just kind of sitting in bed on my own or when I'm, you know, accidentally end up watching some really sad movie, which is precisely what I try to avoid when I'm feeling like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes it kind of peeks its head around the door and goes, hi, and I usually manage to, like, slam the door back in. My way of dealing things is just to block things out and that probably wasn't the best thing to do because when you're blocking things out, and then it just catches up with you. And then it's just like this whole, this whole lot of emotion that just comes over you. And you're just like, what the fuck has just happened? No one really understands. I know other people have been through a heartbreak, but unless you're going through it yourself, no one else really gets it. Most people around you will have known at some point what this feels like, but it's really hard to like take yourself back to that place. Like if a friend comes to me now and is like, I'm really heartbroken, shit, help me. It is really hard to like rewind and be like, okay, what did I need to hear at that point? Um, what was helpful? Disarono. <laughs> Yeah, they did a really good deal in Lidl. They had like a really big bottle for £10. So me and this friend would take turns buying one. <laughs> and we would have like, you know, a few little cups each night before bed. <laughs> Definitely jerk chicken. That was a big player in the game. I'm not going to lie to you. Staying calm. I know it sounds silly, but in, in the heat of the moment, when you're feeling those pain or that anger, you can do like really stupid things. And just surrounding yourself with people who love you and who care for you. And just reminding you that you're okay and that you're human and it's okay to be upset, but it's okay to look to the future too. I think just being able to like really wallow and like talk to people about it um, made me able to appreciate all the other amazing people I have around me that are just as important in a different way but play just as big a role in my life and in my um, well-being. 
if this thing you're saying about um, feeling really alone in it, I think I always find solace in noting that all the books and all the poetry and all the songs and all the plays are about heartbreak. And it, it just strikes me as one of the most challenging tasks of our lifetimes throughout humanity to cope with that process. You know, even if I don't respond to the work in whatever form it may come to me, I find solace in like, oh, the rest of humanity finds this really hard. Mm, yeah. Actually, and therefore I'm allowed to find it really hard. And on top of that advice as well, other people like, you know, we're, we're sat here as friends talking together now. Mm. Advice is, is crucial. And sometimes just being able to express it to someone else, whether they say something in return or not, I feel like a lot of people think that good advice is like either being really rude about your ex, <laughs> which just isn't helpful. I mean, sometimes maybe it is. If they've actually like done something really, really bad, then yeah, it is. In this case, it wasn't helpful at all because I totally respect and like understand why that had to happen. I guess just like, yeah, let it feel shit and let it like let yourself feel those things and like but do keep on reminding yourself that like you are going to be fine and you are a whole person i guess it all just seems really cliche but it is really important to like remind yourself that you are not lacking anything and that like if you can fall in love once and you can do it again I like to voice my opinions of things with people and all my friends. But I think sometimes, from my perspective, actually, it wasn't as helpful as I wanted it to be. It gave me that initial, like, that, like, feeling of ease, like, oh, I've let this go, this is off my chest. But actually, all I ended up doing was, like, vocalising all of these issues to all of these people. I was getting so much advice from different angles, I didn't really know what to think, and people were mm. telling me about, oh, well, this is what she's doing right now. It's like, I don't need to know that, I really yeah. don't need to know that. You can almost kind of, you can open yourself up too much in these situations, I think, sometimes. And that's not to say don't open yourself up. Obviously, like, these moments are moments where you've got to kind of bear all in some sense. But I think... Don't spread yourself thin. Yeah, sometimes hold back. I think somehow you just know who of your friends has experience of this. Yeah. There's some that kind of bit of life in them, the bit of experience in them that you can just see their twinkle in the eye. Wise eyes, wise <laughs> eyes. Yeah. The wise eyes, yeah. you know. And when, you know, when, I think when they hear about it for the first time, they're like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. They're like, come here. I understand. That kind of thing. It's a different, a different chemistry and different advice comes from that. Sometimes, you know what, as well, like the relationships where you know you aren't going to get that kind of advice can be really healthy. Like someone you can just go and be with and like not actually engage in that kind of thought at all. Yeah. Actually, it takes you completely out of it. And you're just yeah. like, okay, like this person is going to take none of my shit mainly the men who can't really chat about the emotions mm -hmm. but you know there's sometimes there's a relationship where you go and you're like this guy's not going to chat to me mm -hmm. this guy he just wants to have fun and like get me out mm -hmm. of it and it's like okay this is great like i i need this right now yeah because you need to see that there's times you can enjoy yourself at a time when you think everything is terrible everything mm -hmm. is shit This girl, she basically, she walked me out of a horrendous relationship quite recently. 
almost single-handedly. She like took my hand and walked me out of it. This is like a relationship. I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it abusive because I don't believe in labels and victimization of people and whatever. But let's just call it just tremendously toxic. Okay. Um, I didn't tell anyone when the relationship was happening, and the first person I told. As I was thinking of leaving this person and leaving like, you know, a whole country behind and just leaving behind an entire life and turning a page and coming back to London, I was thinking of doing this. She was the first person I told. And I didn't want to feel like a victim because I feel like in general, when you tell people, look, this happened to me, everyone's going to go like, oh, poor thing. I don't want to be the poor thing. Ever. I don't want to be anyone's poor thing at any point. And she was the one that made me believe that I, I can speak up about it because she was totally like, oh, OK, I'm sorry you went through this. OK, let's let's get you out of there and let's just move on. And great. Thank you for sharing that. You know, she was really amazing about it. And now I wish that I had reached out much earlier and not wasted a whole load of time and energy. I mean, it has resulted in loads of like music that's going to come out <laughs> next year at some point. But um, but yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's thanks to my friends that that I managed to basically keep my shit together through getting over this person that did quite a lot of damage in me. We all carry really horrible experiences around. Um, and so we shouldn't shouldn't be ashamed to share it with uh, our loved ones because they certainly have a lot of wisdom that we don't necessarily see when we're in the middle of heartbreak because we're busy hurting. Most of my life-changing decisions I've made when heartbroken. Mm. Um, yeah. I've I've moved countries, mm-hmm. I've changed professions, <laughs> yeah. I've done things that terrify me. Mm. And actually heartbreak makes me brave. Like, oh, my heart's been ripped out of my chest cavity and I'm still alive. So I guess mm. now I have superpowers. I think I process heartbreak differently than you. Mm. For me, heartbreak is about anger. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think it depends on how you're geared internally and what your survival responses are to really difficult situations Mm. some people are really good at processing it like I feel like you are (laughs) Um, but for me it's more like just like a ball of rage that then catalyzes into like how can I make this productive in a way so how can I bring something to the world in exchange for this horrible thing that happened to me how can I take this and improve either my life or, or the, the community or the society or the world I live in through this anger that I'm feeling right now. I wonder if that's gendered. Because mm. I don't notice that sim- same pattern with my male friends. Um, and I know Obviously, it's context-based, but I think as women, we have permission to grieve in ways that aren't as open to lots of men I know. Mm. And so that, like, I'm heartbroken, but I rise from the ashes, hear me roar, I'm going to take over the world vibe. I don't see my male friends doing that the same way. And they're definitely still heartbroken. The stereotype of the man kind of, like, repressing and not being able to chat about emotions, I don't necessarily think it's, like, wholly true mm. but I have definitely experienced it sometimes I know like I'd speak to my female friends and it would be an open conversation 
and we would I'd be able to say everything. And sometimes I think maybe it's ways that men deal with it, maybe it's the men I know. I, in fact, sensed with some conversations that I would bring it up and for them it was actually kind of like it was bringing back stuff of theirs that they didn't want to bring back. So they kind of shut the conversation down immediately. And it was quite interesting to see that that was their reaction to it. It was actually like they weren't comfortable speaking about it because I don't think they'd quite dealt with their own stuff. And I think I'm pretty sure we all know that men have a problem of repression. I mean, I'm sure women do as well, but like male repression of emotions is a, <coughs> is certainly a thing. And I, I experienced it when I was going through heartbreak and seeing my other friends go through heartbreak, unable to have a conversation about it. Mm. Or like, as soon as you try and chat to them, you can see they're hurting. You can see that like, they're not the same. You can see they're kind of blank and you try and broach the subject with them and help them or whatever. And they shut down that conversation. And I think that wouldn't happen with my female friends. I think back to it as a timeline of the way my thoughts were going and the, my coping mechanisms and it's like it starts off every single day all you think about mm. and you're like I'm never going to stop thinking about this person like this I'm never going to stop feeling this way and then mm. I guess two months down the line okay now it's only 80% of my day that's doing it Yeah. five months down I'm like 60% <laughs> I'm, I'm growing man I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm doing it baby steps that was the first relationship that kind of ended that was completely out of my control and I think watching it and watching my progression through that is something I'm going to try and remember for... I mean, fingers crossed, I don't want my relationship run out to ever end. But do you know what I mean? If it does, like, I know I've got that experience in my mind to know that, OK, it might consume me entirely, but I can cope and I will come out the other side as a, as like, as a butterfly. So me and this friend had an analogy where we compared ourselves to loaves of bread. Um, and I think for the first few days, I felt like a crumb of like a dry loaf that was like in the corner of a room that had just fallen off someone's sandwich and everyone had forgotten about it. No one noticed. Not even the mice wanted it. Like it was just like this tiny little crumb. I know when I said this to you before, you were like, but crumbs don't bounce back. How do crumbs bounce back? But you know, it's a special kind of crumb that does bounce back and can multiply by itself. So gradually I was like, you know, a little handful of crumbs. <laughs> they were not quite together. And I was definitely like, it was very easy for me to like fall apart, but I was still like a, you know, a, a collective thing of crumbs of bread. Um, and then it kind of builds up but then you have days where you're like, oh my God, this is still really shit. And like that kind of feels like you're like, you know, you're like maybe a slice of bread or like a, a, a mouthful of bread, but you're like soggy. Like you've been like <laughs> chucked into the pond for the ducks, you know, you're like a soggy bit of bread. Now I feel like a full loaf, <laughs> like fresh out the oven, smelling great. <laughs> With every breakup that I have, I feel like I have more information because I'm, as I have a sense of like, ah, yes, I've done this, but also every time it's harder because I think I love more. But the last one I had, I watched the stages, and the first stage, my coping strategy was to focus on all the ways that the person was terrible and the ways that he'd hurt me and um, the the way that um, I couldn't forgive him, and it was, it couldn't be reconciled, and he was just terrible, and it was terrible, and everything was terrible. And that was my internal monologue for a while. Um, and I needed to do that in order to cut contact and move forwards. 
but it, it implicitly also involved a really disconcerting loss of faith in myself. Because if your internal monologue is going, he's a bastard, he's heartless, like he's so immoral, he's so unethical, he's such a coward. Why was I with him? Why did I love him? I'm such an idiot. So there was this implicit, like, I don't trust myself as part of that process. And then gradually, I started to relax and be like, maybe I can trust myself. And with that came remembering nice things. So as nice things started to come through, there was this little exhale of like, oh, that's why I loved him. And I teetered in that stage for a while of like, kind of like, okay, I remember some nice things, but I'm very clear that I never want to be with him again and I don't want to talk to him. And then there was this phase of still not being quite solid with myself. And then I actually, I was walking down the street and I bumped into him and he lives on another continent and um, we don't have each other's details anymore. And there was absolutely no reason for that to happen. <laughs> um, I mean, and I saw him and I'm so glad I didn't cry and I didn't pee myself. I just froze. And then he saw me and his body language opened and he smiled and he said something like, um, well, what are the chances? But he was trying to be charming. And I said, so you're still here? Because I was mildly aware he might be in London. And he said, yeah, yeah, I've been here for a few months, but I'm leaving tomorrow. And I said, have a safe flight. And then I walked away. I walked 100 meters, I turned a corner, I burst into tears and I called my friend. And I said, did I make the right decision? Tell me now, because if I didn't, I can go back and get him. And she said, no, you made the right decision. But most beautifully, I entered this phase where I suddenly regained trust in myself. Because I now believe that I will choose what I need over what I want, despite loving him. And that for me has been the final stage. Of, of actually getting myself back. My last breakup was quite a while ago now, and I felt like my personal growth went in such weird stages. Like the initial breakup happened and I for three months was just on this amazing wave of like, I'm amazing, I've got to seize from this, whatever I can. And then after that three months, I just went into this, like honestly, depths of depths of like sadness and like, there was no growth in that period. But then I came to the end of that and it just gave me this perspective on everything. That, that depth and that darkness and that kind of like regression ended up being the best thing for me because I know I can never go to that stage again and I got gained so much self-worth from it. Like self-worth I would not have gained otherwise and an empowerment I wouldn't have got otherwise. The, these are the moments, those moments where you feel real, like, like proper emotion. Do you know what I mean? Like really torn up and whatever inside. That's the moments of personal growth. I don't think personal growth happens massively when you're really happy. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're really happy, you're kind of at that constant level because you're happy and you're doing all your stuff. But it's when you're really sad and heartbroken where you really develop as a person and you find out all these amazing things about yourself. And like, obviously they were horrible at the time, but I would not give them up for the world. Like, I'd literally make you who you are. When you're going through a breakup, I found that I was listening to sad music and sometimes that would 
like amplify what I was feeling by like a hundred times. So <laughs> maybe stay away from the sad music. Why? Why would I do that to myself? Looking back on it, why would I do that? But it felt right at the time, yeah. I think for me, there's stages of heartbreak. There's the wallowing stage where you're like, yes, I'm going to be sad. I will seek out the songs that totally break me. And then there are the stages where you don't want it anymore and they find you and totally fuck you up. You know what, for me, there's there's two types of song. There's there's a song that reminds me of that person and maybe songs in context. So I went to a music festival, saw a bunch of my favorite artists. I know, and they're now off limits. They're now off limits. Erica Badu, I'm so sorry. I love you, Erica, but you're in, you're in the bin at the moment, you know? And then there's also songs that are just from the time, songs that you came to love or listen mm-hmm. to at that time. Same for me, actually. I don't really listen to sad music. Like, I listen to jump up drum and bass, and that's what gets me going. But even some of those songs, I actually can't listen to anymore. Because there's one song, in fact, it came on my, um, my Apple Music the other day. And I played it, and it was like, I remember this car journey where I was crying. It's like a jump up drum and bass song with Harry Shotter emceeing over the top. It's like aggressive. And I, d- I don't even think it needs to be a sad song or whatever. It just like, it literally took me back to that car journey with my brother. And I was just sat with him and we were listening to these songs and I broke down. those things where you look back on and I think where did it go wrong part of me wants to know but part of me just thinks just leave it I'm just imagining my heartbroken self listening back to this and I would literally tell myself to shut up (laughs) I'd be like you're such an idiot I hate you you're so annoying 